you know, I think when you let students free after such an intensive foundation program, I mean, some people really take off and you just see so many like different possibilities uh, in paint and drawing and printmaking and sculpture. And it, it's just, it's unbelievable. And I think that is one of the main values, I think, that comes from art school, like a serious art school four-year you know, program. It's just, I think it's in a, you can carry that. You've got to carry that idea, I feel like, into your adulthood and your as you progress as an artist and emerge or what have you. It's that idea of possibilities and the idea of getting out of the way <laughs> is important. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 119th episode, Philip J. Mellon comes on to talk to me about painting and studio practice, how he got from A to B, and of course, his wonderful podcast series, Otcast. He is out of Taunton, Massachusetts, and we're really excited to have this interview, so please stay tuned for that. Once again, you can check out his website, philipjmellon.com, and see some of the work that we'll be talking about. We do want to take a minute to remind new listeners that we are a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of different artists. They come on, they talk to me about their studio practice. They share images of their work, so you can find it all on studiobreak.com. Again, each post have images of the artist's work, links to their websites to find out more information there, and these lengthy interviews. Once again, you can use the media player right there on Studio Break, or you can go to the iTunes library and stock up on old episodes of the podcast. Again, all of them are there on iTunes. If you'd like, you can follow us in Facebook. That's Studio Break on Facebook. Our Tumblr page is studio-break.tumblr, so please follow us there. And you can always follow us on Twitter at Studio Break. All right, enough of that. Here is our interview with Philip. Stay tuned. Let me officially say welcome to Studio Break. I'm happy to be joined by uh, Phil Mellon. How are you today, man? I'm great. Thank you. Well, I'm really excited to have you on. I know that you had me on Otcast a couple of months ago, and we talked about podcasting, and it'll be nice to have, have you on the other side, and I can talk to you about painting and what your experiences are, and of course, some Otcast stuff later. But first, why don't we start just by, by going over you know, where you currently reside. You're out in Massachusetts, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I like people to know, you know, so they can stalk you and, and track you down. Yes. <laughs> it's actually Massachusetts. Yeah, it's a, a little little city called Taunton, and there's uh, different pronunci- pronunciations for it, but the locals say Taunton, but I guess technically it would be Taunton. <laughs> for... So is that where you're originally from then? or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I, as I was kind of moving stuff around in preparation for this and thinking about this interview, you know, one of the first things that occurred to me and... You know, I always start out by asking about art, but I'm curious, too, was radio ever like a big kind of thing growing up? I mean, did you listen to, to talk radio or, you know, particularly like radio at all? I guess when I was younger, as far as music, you know, radio, I guess, was bigger with uh, just something simple. I, mean, my, I have uh, six sisters mm-hmm. that sort of grew up in the same house. So they they were more into radio than I was. And, of course, it would be more music and Probably the Casey, is it Casey Kasem? Right, right. Yes, you know, his sort of like whatever, um, 
thing that he had going on, um, you know, just getting ready for school. So that's kind of like where uh, music came in, but not so much uh, talk radio. I mean, I, I suppose um, when I lived in Philly, I listened to NPR a little bit here and there, but it was uh, it's been some time, really. Sure, sure. Um, since anything, you know, uh, you know, since I've been back back home. I really haven't listened to the radio much. And were you always like a like a maker as a kid? Did you get involved in a lot of lot of painting and drawing and doing creative things when you were younger? Or? Yeah, it, it's funny. I find uh, that when I was younger, it was more collaborative, and it's just something that that dawned on me recently that how social art was for me. You know, in school and sort of little little projects with with um, with other you know fellow friends and students and. Uh, there was this sort of, I don't remember, it was somewhere between, some somewhere before like the third or fourth grade, we we would draw these like sort of cartoon like uh, little little doodles or whatever, and and I kind of like had a lot of fun with it. It was a with a friend of mine, Jason, and he he wanted to turn it into some sort of like little little business where he would suggest that people would would commission us for tattoos, but they were just markers, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. But for me, that kind of took the fun out of it. I thought, you know, now, you know, now it becomes like a job, you know, um, <laughs> that never ends. <laughs> was there any other things that, that you could think of that you were particularly influenced by or anything else when you're in or things that you like to do? You know, it's funny. Uh, I'm not really sure why this ties in, but just the, like the idea of um, like potentially like worth for something mm-hmm. like, you know, baseball cards were huge and. I guess I was a bit naive as far as that was concerned. It, it was kind of an odd thing like to have like a piece of, you know, thin cardboard be worth more than, you know, say certain players are worth more than others. You know, sure, it's like, sure. you know, it's kind of odd. But I remember um, get, getting taken on a trade where there were these newer sort of mini sized baseball cards that were put out and, and they were just sort of like novelty. They weren't, you know, sort of the real thing. But they were in a nice plastic case with like a little a little base on it, so it would stand up. And you know, of course, my my legitimate baseball cards I traded for those sort of novelty baseball cards, and you know, immediately became the the subject of laughter because I fell for you know fell for something that was you know of less worth. But as like an object, I thought they were so cool, you know. Um, like I fell for it, but in one way, it's like. You know, as, as like a thing, like, they were just so much cooler than regular baseball cards. Right, right. You know, make a house out of them, like by standing them up. But you didn't look. You didn't look up what they're valued at now, did you? Oh, I, what do you mean the, the little stand-up guys? The ones that you traded away for, you know, or, or the, the ones that you traded, you know, because uh, they might be, you might be a millionaire. <laughs> I, I don't know where they went. <laughs> You know, you're talking before about how you thought about art as collaboration, but one thing that I was curious about, did you actually have any experiences taking, you know, art classes in, in grade school and junior high, high school and whatnot, things like that? You know, middle school, which I guess is different uh, depending upon where you are in the country, or, um, but it was, it was um, fourth, fourth grade to eighth grade. And there was sort of an after school program, uh, you know, on top of the regular art classes. And that was that was pretty cool. I mean, um, that, that you know, I guess it's pretty standard in some way. Well, I, I guess high school I had there was a vocational high school, technical high school, and it was known as commercial art in those days, which I guess now would be graphic design, so to speak. Right, right. And so they really, I mean, I used some gouache in high school and that, but there, there was no easel painting. And it's funny because I was just thinking about it. And 
when I went to the, the community college in Fall River here, that was when I, easel painting came in. And, you know, it's like, it's funny because it, all through high school, it was design work. So it was all, you were at a desk, you were sitting down the whole time. I thought it was so cool, it, it, you know, the, to stand up and make work was like, was like one of the coolest things I thought. Right. I think that's interesting and, you know, an important distinction because like when you're standing up and working on something, you're maybe much more engaged physically, you know, you're able to, to move back from it and to kind of change it up, maybe flip it around. I mean, again, at a desk is kind of very stationary. Um, so did you have other further experiences after high school then or? Well, uh, at the community college, it was, um, uh, I majored in fine art as a two year. So they sort of had like a transfer agreement to other locals, like four year colleges for art school. Yeah, I mean, that that was like my real first experience with fine art, so to speak. And, you know, oil paint and sculpture, the plaster, plaster molds and plaster sort of carvings and uh, some printmaking. Like they had sort of a modest printmaking, printmaking studio. Um, so that was my first experience with that, you know, sort of woodblock and linoleum prints. And I don't know if they had intaglio. That might have been later on with at the academy. I can't remember. I'm getting a f- they're fusing a little bit. <laughs> Sure, sure. But but essentially a bit more exposure to different techniques and processes than you had before. There, there was this, uh, uh, one of my instructors at Bristol Community College. He His name was Ron Lister, and he had this one workshop where it was sort of like a Chinese brush drawing. And the one thing I really remember from that is just this idea that, you know, making a mark, you know, so, sort of exposed to that idea, the concept of making a mark being very important and like sort of vital, like some vitality to it. And you would start like basically from your chest and, you know, approach with the brush, you know, of course, you know, holding the brush pointing towards the paper and you would move towards the paper, touch the paper and then make your mark and then come back to your chest. Even if you weren't marking the paper that whole time, but that, that sort of circular motion mm-hmm. start to finish where you began, which I just thought was really cool. And, and somewhat there's supposed to be some sort of like, spiritual meaning there you know and and that i think was a was an interesting experience for me just thinking about mark and um just being the what the beginning days of like really being exposed to like fine art and 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 other sort of um like concentrations as far as that's concerned moving away from like i said in high school commercial art graphic design stuff so, you know, in terms of kind of, you know, getting your associates, I mean, you talked about kind of moving away from just being like a, a tabletop painter to being an easel painter. And, you know, you kind of described this process of kind of being reflective and, you know, kind of making a mark and then kind of bring it back to, you know, I guess yourself and then kind of kind of working like that. I mean, were there other experiences that kind of changed the way that you thought about like what art could be for you and and what your interest in it was? I know that's a broad question and I'm sure there's a lot of little things, but... Or maybe some big thing that sticks out in your mind. Well, it, um, I guess you know at that point at the community college, I feel in hindsight, I feel like it was a little decorative for me. Um, I think I was working with the surface as a there wasn't a whole lot of layering going on as far as just sort of application of paint mm-hmm. and you know sort of finding paint for for paint's sake in such a way. Like it was very it was very sur- there was a lot of surface painting going on. It was very uh, flat. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I felt like the where where the where where form came in was with the drawing at the community college, and I didn't quite cross over 
and handle painting the same way mm-hmm. as I did the drawing, which was just kind of odd. But well, what were the drawings like? What kind of what kind of things did you like to were you working on in terms of drawing? Just some still life, uh, I guess, from observation, mm-hmm. and that probably has a, a lot to do with it. Is that you know observation versus sort of this um, intuitive sort of. Um, I guess it would be non-objective painting. It's like the language of painting. You know what I mean? Like the visual language of painting. Yeah. You know, just kind of formal, the formal qualities. I can, I, I think I've probably, you know, said this a couple of times. I've, I've, I feel the same way because especially like in my experience, it just wasn't, it seems like something that we kind of like lost over. Then you got to this other stuff and then, it, you know, drawing from observation didn't matter anymore. You know, you could just <laughs> work and be intuitive. Yeah. It's funny. Um, there, there's a big uh, three-dimensional thread throughout my work too, and like over over my experiences through school, um, both at the community college and and at PAFA, I was asked if I would be a sculptor uh, on numerous occasions. So I don't think I've quite come to terms with that yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> figuring out what that means for me, it, it's it's always it's always like I think it's just personal. I mean, I think some maybe the viewer, so to speak, can can see it and maybe even maybe even be close to satisfied by my output, you know, trying to, trying to fuse the two, but I'm still, uh, I'm still trying to figure it out myself. And, and at the time, you know, you said before that you had a little bit of experience using gouache. I mean, were you using oils and that, or were you using acrylics or? At the community college for sure. Um, but in high school, it was, it was, a gouache or a whole lot of colored pencil, which I actually find is still kind of a common thing in high school. Yeah, I find that it's amazing how what people can do with colored pencils, you know, because I, oh, I always took it. I always took it, and you know, at that time, you know, like yeah, it's such a cheap material. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I've seen some artists that are ridiculous with colored pencils. I actually um, dug up some old drawings from 2004, which is just crazy to think that, like, even 10 years ago, I was making you know work. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> even and it goes back further, which I, we won't get into it. But yeah, like you know, the whole colored pencil thing—it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, um, it's just like how delicate that you can truly, and different papers react different ways, and it's just—it's strange. I think it probably deserves more credit than it gets. Like everything, and there's so many techniques, you know. I mean, there's a material that you might not know how to do anything with because you just haven't figured it out yet, you know. Um, and, you know, and, and so one thing that you, we were talking about too is, you know, like exposure to all, you know, these different processes, printmaking and, and 3D approaches and drawing approaches. I'm curious, you know, what you were drawn to in terms of looking, you know, what kind of research were you interested in? I mean, did you, did you go to museums? Did you take long walks along the beach? Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm pretty hermetic myself. And even when I was in Philly going to the, the academy, I... I spent a lot of time listening to music. I think that music is probably the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like when I moved back back here to Massachusetts, I um, I think that music actually pulled me out of uh, the sort of state of boredom uh, uh, that I felt when I came back. It's it's interesting. I actually wouldn't mind talking about that a little bit. There was an instructor at the academy, and I and I I can't remember his name, and I feel so bad. But, you know, he asked me my name. It was one of the first times we had met. And, that, you know, I told him, you know, Philip, of course. And he's like, oh, that means lover of horses. And I thought, really? <laughs> really cool. I like that. <laughs> Could have made it up. I don't know. But I, I, I think I've actually heard that more than once. So anyway, and when I came back, it was probably around 2006 when I moved back to Massachusetts. And, you know, speaking of music, with the whole lover of horses thing, this band, Band of Horses, came out around that time. 
make quite the impact with their first, you know, their first debut album. And, and, you know, coupling with the, the whole lover of horses thing, I felt like there was sort of like a common thread going on with me at that time. And so I ran with it and I actually made some sort of design oriented horse paintings, mm-hmm. which are, you know, they're, the, the documentation is long gone with many, many computers ago. <laughs> <laughs> have my files backed up unfortunately but and the actual paintings themselves like I, I gave one away and then you know just sort of painted over a couple of the others but there was actually a lot of bars involved like painted bars like sort of graphic like they were almost like mimicking the equalizer you know it had to do with music and I actually painted some coming from the top of the canvas which actually looked as though they were trees trunks of trees, and I didn't see that like and that wasn't my intent but when the painting was finished, it looked like the horse was ready to enter the woods. So that was pretty cool. Sure. Yeah. And that was just something that, you know, it, it floundering a bit when I came out, like came back home, I didn't really know how to process my post Academy days and, and the work I was doing. And, and just to, just to kind of make sure that we're, you know, like in terms of like a, a you know, timeline and all that. So, you know, you had, you had gone and gotten your associates. What, um, prompted you to you you moved then to Philly to pursue your certificate or, or how did how did that work out what did what did what happened there? Uh, well, I went to the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts in in Philadelphia. Um, I went to how I found the school for myself was I went to a portfolio day at Pratt. There, <laughs> it, it I really don't have like this this concrete story as far as how I chose the school, but. Um, I, I looked at the Academy. I looked at Montserrat College of Art. I looked at Maine College of Art and Art Institute of Boston and Mass Art. And it just, there just seemed something um, that made sense to me. I think I was lacking the the strong sort of like formal foundation that the Academy, like, you know, aims to provide for the students and, and young artists. So that was one of the main reasons why I went there. And, you know, talking about art, art being social, up until that point, it was very social for me. And when I went to the academy, even though there's other students there painting, working from the figure or from a, you know, from a cast, everyone was seemed to be focused. Even if you were focused, you had to be focused. So there was a, there was a whole lot less social <laughs> than I was used to. So um, that was an adjustment. Well, and did, did that change at all, like too, in terms of the way that you thought about? And at this point, I mean, do you kind of consider yourself like a painter? You're you're going to pursue painting. At that point, yeah. I I, I mean, I always knew I was going to be a painter. I love painting, um, but I I often feel that until I took a landscape painting class at the academy, I never really painted before. Right. Just you know, sort of being in the landscape. And I spoke with another friend about this, and I just felt like you were in two places at one time. Uh, just being sort of like being in the landscape and among it and being part of it and yet painting it at the same time just seems, you know, just taking yourself out of away from the still life, away from the figure and being in the landscape. It's just like, how can you be in like a still life? Sure. No, no, I, th- I think that makes complete sense. Yeah, hopefully that that point comes across. Well, but uh, I, but I mean, you know, like I mean, even if I'm if I'm making paintings that are kind of loosely based off of you know like a a place or you know loosely in the terms of landscape or suburban landscape, I mean it's it's never usually in a place where I'm actually there. So it's definitely a, a different a different feeling, you know. Like especially like again, I mean, if you're if you're drawing something that's a couple of feet high and you're a couple of feet away from it, it's just, it's just a different experience than being out in this expanse, you know. Right. Right. 
So it's it's an interesting idea. No, it's a great concept. I think. Um, is that something that helped inform like the the that intuitive process? You know, we we talked a little bit about that. And again, you know, when when someone you know looks through some of your work, whether it be you know from uh, your website or you know stuff that you're posting on Facebook all the time, you know that intuitive approach, that way of kind of you know layering colors and and playing around with the materials. I mean, it's something that's definitely apparent. So I'm curious if that kind of dealing with that and that environment changed the way that you that you approached it. I feel like I left it behind in some way. I mean, there's definitely echoes of it, mm-hmm. especially in my later paintings that, that are, you know, only a few weeks old. <laughs> uh, with, you know, they're very new to me, and I'm not really sure how to process them yet. But I think I see echoes of that experience in in my latest paintings than I have in, you know, the, the paintings that came before them, if that makes sense. No, I think that makes sense, yeah. And, you know, just thinking about this interview, I... I I thought about uh, the Academy again, which I hadn't really thought about in a while. Um, but I feel like these are closer to, to pulling from that experience than, than sort of my other paintings, which are, you know, may, they're a little more graphic and a little more pop, I guess you could say, graffiti-like in some way, which I, I feel like I'm so not graffiti, quote-unquote. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know where that comes from, but um, it's just it's probably just sort of like some humor that, that you know, I could... Uh, it's probably more humorous than it is... Um, you know, anything to do with graffiti, really. Right, right. Well, and so how how long were you there? And, and I guess, I don't know, I, I want to talk a little bit more about these experiences before you move on to, uh, I don't know, what came next. I was at the Academy for four years. And of course, the first two, generally, you're taking classes. And the third and fourth year, you're, you're in an independent studio, independent study kind of thing. I mean, you have some uh, what do they call them? Like, uh, you know, drawing seminars and painting seminars and what have you. But mm-hmm. it's it's this this much more free and 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 you know as some may say left left to the wolves <laughs> right right and uh that was difficult because i think i really i started to feel like kind of selfish with that whole experience like what am i doing like i'm in a room by myself making work you know that 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 has no worth or you know um you know it was, it was a tough tough thing it was you know coming from that that serious experience of observation and rendering and mixing paint and and now what you know it was kind of odd for me I, I struggled with that i think some some students didn't so much but was it was there any kind of camaraderie that you had with the other the other you know people kind of going through the same thing that influenced you at all or you know i think when you let students free for such an intensive foundation program i mean some people really take off and you just see so many like different possibilities uh in paint and drawing and printmaking and sculpture and it's just it's unbelievable and i think that is one of the main values i think that comes from art school like a serious art school for your you know program it's i think it's in a you can carry that you've got to carry that idea i feel like into your adulthood and your as you progress as an artist and emerge or what have you is that idea of possibilities and the idea of getting out of the way <laughs> is important no i th- I think that makes i, I mean I, again I, I think that's interesting you know i, I think that it's something that's always there, you know, especially especially for those times when you when you really kind of run out of steam on something or like the way that you're approaching something, yeah. you know, it's like, what what can I do to change this up? What kind of different ways can I look at this? Um, yeah, there's so many different approaches. Um, you can you can battle through it. You can you know, you can read a book, you can, you know, write a poem or, you know, listen to a song. I, I think there's so many ways you can spark that again. 
but I think it comes from experience. You know, I know uh, I've had some recent experiences that were very influential for me just in the past month alone that is fueling what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm such a product of that and, you know, it changes so much. I haven't had so much change, I think, in quite some time with just the, the you know, my paintings are changing. I feel like my, I don't know if you want to call it consciousness is changing. I feel like I'm de- developing a little bit more of a philosophy about what I'm doing. It's, it's all in progress, but there was just this, like this lifting, <laughs> this sort of enlightenment in some way in, in, in the past few weeks, which is really cool. And so, so well, why don't we kind of get back to that then? So, so you moved back to Massachusetts. I moved back 2005. Okay. Yeah, 2005, 2006, somewhere. I can't remember exactly, but. And is, it, and is that a good thing? I mean, was that like something that kind of left you feeling more grounded to kind of be back? It took me a while for it to, uh, for me to mellow out about it. Um, I, you know, I came back for some, uh, I had some health problems, so I had to, you know, come back home, which was just kind of odd, weird decision to make. Uh, just very, very strange. And, you know, coming back, it was just <laughs> like, like I said, it was odd. Um, I didn't work for a while, you know, be it painting or otherwise. Uh, you know, I just, I just remember this one thing, like I wanted to mention that, you know, I've never really been big on TV, but I, you know, when I came back, I bought one <laughs> mm-hmm. and I watched the Boston Red Sox and I thought this is, uh, um, a lousy experience. <laughs> I got <laughs> Like I said, I think music pulled me out of that. Music's always been great for me. Um, and then, you know, like I said, I started the, the horse paintings and and it came out of like some sort of like the design background, I think, in some way. And also the Internet was new to me. Like I never really had a computer before. And, you know, of course, people are probably thinking like, what? You've never had a computer. It's crazy until this guy. Like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> other than outside of school, like I never owned my own, you know, computer. So right. I was like wow, this is really cool, you know, for myself and searching. And, you know, you know, we could always talk about, you know, discovering certain blogs that we love and, you know, things like that. So that was, that was, um, that was how I stayed stayed connected was the internet, you know? Is that kind of like way of looking at, I don't know, like interacting or looking at things, is that something that that's kind of, you know, appealing just because you can kind of approach it, you know, like when you want to approach it, you know, in terms of if you're going to check out a blog or, you know, listen to some interview or read a story or... You know, like once I was back home, that was, you know, a big thing for me was the Internet. Like I said, I, I think the first thing I came across was was the James Conn report on YouTube. And which I thought was cool. And I, that was pretty inspirational in some way. Actually, not familiar with that. So could you couldn't have just give me a little bit of a background and then by the same definition, you'll give everyone else a background, too, if they don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to uh, give his real name uh, and I won't because, uh, you know, some people know. But anyway, so the James Conn report is this sort of, uh, he calls it the, you know, welcome to another half-assed production. He, he goes through galleries and museums filming the work on view. And he, he then puts it, you know, uploads it to his YouTube after he edits and all that stuff. But then over the years, they've gotten better and better and better, like, like, like all projects, you know. But, you know, and he has, he has this great commentary, knows a lot about the work before he sees the show, and has actually gotten a lot of uh, recognition in some way for for what he's doing. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because I actually uh, made a note. Of, I wanted to bring him up and say that, you know, just the idea of like art being social and, you know, with the internet now, you know, we talked about briefly, he has, he, he likes to talk about artists sticking together and creating this community and, and he calls it like a tribe, which I, I think is pretty cool. Yeah. So it just expands uh, 
what's available online to 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 check out and to remain connected with. You know, he's he's had people from around the world say, hey, this is great what you're doing. I can't get to New York. I can't see these shows. And, you know, someone, whether it's in Australia or, you know, <laughs> anywhere, you know, they, they can see it, you know, and which is cool. And, and someone for like, you know, like myself as well, you know, which is one of the reasons why I like it so much. But that was like the first sort of, uh, you know, um, gem on the Internet that I found for myself. And. And then since then, the, the list has grown and, you know, I've added links to my own site for these other projects that I that I enjoy. Yeah. So that, I guess in a nutshell, that's what he does. Oh, and is that something that also kind of like got you back into it? I mean, what you know, you said you took some time off. You had some things going on. I mean, what what kind of brought you back into to making and, and kind of being in that mode of, of creating? Well, um, I think. I actually searched pretty hard for a local community, you know, because I've been gone for six years, you know. So I really had never been to New Bedford. It's a it's a local city, a close. It's about a half an hour from me. And so I started to hang out there. And, you know, a lot of people my age, you know, the same age and uh, a lot of art going on. They had big, big, you know, fall open studio events. And so and they had like sort of a an art fair you know, any, you know, you just sort of like, I think you paid like $10 and you can participate, bring your paintings and what have you. So I did that with the horse paintings and, you know, just kind of get to know people. And I ran into some people that I went to community college with. So that was cool. Like, Hey, I know horse guy. I, I was horse guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah. So, you know, and then, you know, just made some new friends and that, that, that lasted for pretty, you know, a while. And uh, I actually ended, ended up in a band there, which was just so strange, uh, for, you know, just, I mostly wrote the lyrics. So that was, uh, that was interesting. I, I did some, uh, you know, vocal sketches, which no one probably really should hear. <laughs> but uh, um, so, yeah, just just that enlivened um, my my process again. And, yeah, I, I found a new community for myself, which was nice because I had left it, you know. No, and I think that's interesting because it's, you know, that one of the first things that they tell you about school is, you know, is the last, you know, this is the last opportunity that you're ever going to have to be around people that, are interested in art. And I don't know if that's entirely true, but I mean, it's certainly more difficult, you know? Yeah. I remember one, one, uh, one, one, um, painting instructor that I had at the Academy, Scott Noel, he said something about, cause the, the big, the big thing is the third year and the fourth year show, you know, you get a wall in the museum and you, you, you show in, in, in the American art museum, which is just crazy. And, and, you know, th- there's just all this, you know, emphasis on selling your paintings and, you know, getting seen and getting noticed and getting picked up by a gallery. It's like you're, you're in your fourth year at art school. Chill out, you know. My, that instructor, Scott Noel, he had said this shouldn't be the measure of or, or the highest, like, limit of your success, like, throughout your life kind of thing, you know. So that, that was just kind of cool. I figured I'd throw that in there. Right, right. No, I, I mean, I think it's interesting because at the time you might feel like that's the, the most important show that you'll ever have. And then you come to realize that, you know, you've got to keep making that work. And, you know, again, I, th- I think having that community of, of people to bounce ideas off of and to get excited about shows and new interesting ideas, you know, it's kind of the one a really huge component of it for me, I think. It just makes it a lot more interesting. And, you know, I, th- I think the... I think that's the next step for an artist after art school is just finding that community. And if you can't find it, you got to build it. And so were you, did you start making again after that in terms of like, when, when did, when did you feel like you kind of arrived back again and, and became really invested into to painting and, and making art? Well, I, I think, uh, I think when I got settled in a new apartment, I had, uh, I had a lot of space and I have a whole room dedicated to it. And, 
I don't know. I started building my my stretchers, and um, I I just started painting again. I really don't know. Like once I get going, I just go. I don't like. I, you know, that's why I feel like I was a little nervous for the interview because I don't I don't really think a lot in that mm-hmm. respect. Like I just kind of do it. I think enthusiasm drives me, or, or sort of like external uh, stimulation, like you know, being from that community and seeing more paintings now, and and seeing work, and after having months of just kind of like being stagnant, you know, like it was just, it, it was great to feed off that energy. Well, and I mean, is is there like a particular like mode that you go into a painting with? I mean, are you kind of looking at it like, you know, there's no limitations to this? I mean, do you start by like, you know, making some awkward decision that you know results in you? trying to recover something you know in terms of like the way that you're working through i mean if you could try to describe that process a little bit like what how would you describe it i still had like that design sense in some of my um paintings at at that at that time Uh, i cut out like templates and stuff and i would um you know trace around them with a brush and and paint and you know create this sort of layering effects uh caking some paint on like so it was like somewhat physical and maybe that's where the sculpture side came into it because i was sort of maybe i was painting like a sculptor <laughs> you know really getting down in there and yeah i i did a lot of um seeking with with my paintings i i don't think i really knew like what i wanted to accomplish and you know i i had a stint with um uh assemblage for a while and the reason why i bring that up is cuz i th- feel like that had like this direct correlation with my poetry so I think, you know, like for writing poetry and assemblage, you know, it just sort of has this this uh, mode of making associations, you know, that generic term being poetic um, it, it, within that, those associations and about something and the way something's attached. And and again, that, like I, I spoke before, this sort of line where it was this blurred and sort of like confused line between three-dimensional and two-dimensional work. You know, but this kind of like working in those different, those different ways, writing, making sculpture, making assemblage and then painting and doing all this. I mean, these all kind of add up to kind of a whole, right. no? I, I, yeah, I can, I can see that. Like, I feel like, you know, in those days it was, it was like definitely writing. And like I said, I was in a band and, and music and, you know, going from painting to assemblage to, to sculpture, to somewhat minimalist concerns. <laughs> um, just, I, I don't know. I felt like I went through my art school sort of like ex- exploration after art school, if that makes any sense. No, no. I mean, I, again, I mean, in the end, people have to decide, you know, what they're, what they're making, you know? Right, right. Nobody, and, can, nobody can decide that for you. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense, especially if you're not you know, content or you're not, you know, you haven't explored that enough or you're not, you know what I mean? It's something that you're just like, man, I want to see what this does. I want to see what that does. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that. I'm a little bit more of an explorer than I think, um, you know, focus and consistency is not my strong point. <laughs> you know, like kind of working through all of that, where, where do you, where do you kind of see your work at now? What's going on with it? And, um, we can kind of, of course, tangentialize from there. Well, I guess, um, I, I had a pretty good painting year in 2013. Um, I forget how many paintings I made, but you know, a little bit on the medium, medium to small scale. And I, I found, you know, the subject of art being social, and then you know, coupled with social media, just being very important to me, and a, a great source of inspiration. A friend of mine on Facebook had said that. Of my paintings from 2013, it was later in the year, later in the year, 
and she had told me that, you know, don't lose that edge, you know, and I, and, and I think that was a good bit of advice for me uh, or just sort of inspired me as well, you know, cause I, you know, I had so many paintings behind me. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that's one of the benefits of having uh, a community and to keep art social. And it can be confusing if you get someone trying to steer your, steer your ship for you. But uh, I think, you know, if suggestions are taken with a grain of salt, they can really be helpful. So, and, cer- and certainly encouraging to kind of know that other people are going through the, the same type of thing. Oh, totally. And, and they're paying attention to what you're doing, too, which is nice. No, no, so, no. And again, I, I kind of joked around it, about it earlier, but, you know, the, this paper towel technique, I want to hear more, you know. Um, I remember reading that. Well, I remember reading that somewhere on, on something that you had posted, you know. I think that, you know, I had to think about that a little bit because I don't even really know how it started, but I know where maybe it came from. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, at, at the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, so, you know, I think mostly through printmaking was printmaking to me is like the most technique oriented, you know, sort of like medium. It's very fun to say a la poupée is like this sort of like this wad of, I don't know if it was like cheesecloth or it, it's been a while and I don't have a lot of experience with it. But I think I was starting to think about like where this paper towel thing came from. Um, and basically I used it to sort of apply paint and to push paint around on the surface mm-hmm. and to also like create, create like, like my own version of glazing or scumbling or, um, you know, texture because the texture of the paper towel, it picks up paint in such a way that you know the 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 ridges and what have you peaks and valleys like they pick up the paint differently you know it's very subtle but um i i'm subtle sometimes so (laughs) and you can actually notice in some of the paintings um if you see a texture it's most likely uh you know coming from the paper towels and it also creates transparencies it's um you know everyone's got their own way of making transparencies you know and and then again there was that like you know like i said before with the stencils i used to make it's you know a little bit more physical, like a physical and involving your body in a different way and making painting. I was going to say, like, I mean, the especially like the images that we're going to be posting with this interview and and some of the more recent ones. Again, shapes also become more apparent. So this idea of kind of um, you know masking something out or coming up with templates, it seems like that's something that you're kind of moved away from and just kind of reacting. But I mean, help help me help me kind of figure that out. Well. Um... I think it happened relatively um, organically how I left the sort of like graphic shapes and, and templates and stencils and all that behind. Um, I think it had a lot to do with just like painting more and and having that evolve. And, and actually like my patience level, I think, dropped and I wanted to be a little bit more like immediate. So, you know, this sort of like, I felt like, you know, like in hindsight, like I was more of a sign painter then. And now... It's it's a little bit more of a um, just sort of a, a immediate um, type way of painting for me. Not now, but let's say you know five paintings ago. <laughs> right, right. I'm actually looking at the newer ones right now. Um, they're, you know, I guess we'll get to it. But you know, th- I brought up the poetry earlier, and I wanted to you know talk about that. But oh yeah, that, I, maybe the, I mean again, if that's something that seems to make sense to kind of bring up in relationship to them, that would be interesting to hear about. Yeah, so just coming from the more expressive, immediate way of working, um, I I don't know where this came from. It, it's kind of, I have this thing where I think the minute you put something in a context, or the minute you say something, like any kind of statement, the opposite becomes true. And it's just something that I've been thinking about. Um, or, or the opposite exists along with 
its opposite simultaneously. You can't have one without the other. This is just like, you know, not like new ideas, but just sort of been 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 dawning on me lately. And I spoke with uh, an artist friend about Paul Clay, and I had to express my sort of like, you know, I, I just he didn't really, you know, to put a, to put it like, uh, I I just I wasn't really affected or enthralled with his work, and because I had said that, and I wasn't, you know, um, didn't have this like sort of affinity for his work. It started to show up, I think, in my work based on like feedback that I've heard about my new paintings. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I just think it's interesting how like energy works and like how you can attract a certain thing and be almost influenced by that which you don't desire. No, I think that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on with that, but I can see it myself. Um, and the, the idea of light, I said, you know, I remember talking with, it was James Amberley. He said, uh, I said to him, I said, I don't know if light's my favorite thing. And I feel like these paintings are a little bit more about light than my previous work was, whereas, you know, vivid color and, and um, like I said, the, the immediate approach. And these are, these are a little more, you know, I've, I've heard the quiet, you know, like they're my quiet paintings. <laughs> <laughs> well, and especially the ones that we're looking at too. I mean, there's, there's ones that are kind of like really muted out and, yeah. you know, very minimal. So, right. I mean, but yeah, it, seems so, like, it seems like that really kind of allows you then to kind of explore what you want though, too. I mean, you're not really like, again, um, you know, making work for like a specific audience or a specific reason. You're kind of leaving it to, to be more open too. no. Yeah. There's no, there's no real, like there, there wasn't any kind of like intent involved, you know, like it just, like I said, I'm a product of my experiences and the experiences that I've had in the last month led me to do this. You know, I, I, I really think that, um, it, they, they evolved somehow. And, and, you know, like this sort of like, I don't know if coalesce is the word, um, or solidified, like, like multiple experiences from different avenues of my life led me to do this. Like, I feel like my poetry, I always used to said my, I, I, <laughs> I always used to say my poetry is for where I've been, my paintings are for where I'm going. And now those two statements are fusing because I feel like this is more, this work is more poetic than in, in such a way that's like, that's my poetry and my painting, they're, they're, they're meeting each other a little bit more in the middle if that makes sense. Well, I, th- I think it's interesting. I, you know, I certainly don't relate to it in the same way that, you know, I write poetry and there's a, a way for that into my work, but certainly thinking and writing about my work in terms of just trying to understand it, maybe through other media or through some other sources, kind of writing those ideas really helped me out. I don't know. I don't know that there are always things that all wind up in the work, but it changes the way that I think about it. So I'm wondering that yeah. too, if like, if that, you know, if that's something that you didn't really get when you were up in Philly um, or, you know, really kind of feel like it gelled. I mean, is that something that really kind of allows you to th- to think about your work differently than too by having this kind of writing outlet, you know? Yeah, well, I wrote a lot, actually. And I think I wrote more in my sketchbook than I actually uh, created drawings or visual you know, imagery mm-hmm. while I was at art school. Um, I had a lot in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually found some notes from from that time um, recently when I dug up some old drawings, but no, I think, uh, like I was just, like I said, I was thinking about the Academy again and, and talk about being social and created this community and this group. I mean, there's the, the perceptual painters that, that, uh, that came together down there. And, um, that's, that's exciting for me to see. I feel like, uh, that, that way of painting, which is from observation, um, 
with no intention. It's it's like I just recently saw this video about a show that was put together by Scott Noel. This this video put together by John Thornton, and he has his own video series going on, on YouTube as well. As we were you know talking about James Kong, um, and there was just coverage of that show, and it it brought back some great memories. I think without that. I wouldn't be, you know, that is something that's resurfacing, I feel, in my new work. This, like, this, I mean, I'm certainly not paying from observation, uh, direct observation in any way. But if there's anything spiritual that came out of that experience, it's coming out now, and it's helping me. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you think about color and light, and it's just like, wow, I mean, how, I think it's a tall order for me to try to keep up with that, you know, because I feel like I'm getting hints of it now, and, you know, it's like, wow. Uh, I got I got my work cut out for me. You know, so so one of the things that I was going to ask you too is, you know, could you talk a little bit about, you know, just how Otcast is uh, something that also kind of influences um, or maybe influences the way that you think about art, and you know, certainly like informs your own studio practice. I mean, I know that for me, it's um, you know, kind of like kind of like what you we were saying before. I mean, it's easy to kind of work with outside with outside of a community, but for me, kind of having to talk to people. Yeah. Helps me reevaluate my work each time I do it, you know? I feel like um, there's a different, um, you know, there's, there's, for me, there's there's the art colleague and then there's the art friend. And I think sometimes having a podcast, it blurs the line between the two. Like, I feel like a friendship is born, which is really nice. And where, where like I was talking about some feedback that I received, that comes from the artists I've interviewed, you know, where they, they you know, they, they've, they've spoken with me, they've seen my work, they, you know, say such and such, they bring up Paul Clay, they, they bring up Agnes Martin, like all this recent stuff that's been going on. It's from people that, I, that I've spoken with on my podcast. It's great. One of the things I think is, you know, I jotted down is that, you know, uh, I think um, <laughs> that the art pales in comparison to the, to the people themselves. And I think the story that the people have to tell, the artist, is, is it's a nice to have that in addition to the work, but I think that that's something that's valuable and probably more so than, than the work itself. Um, cause you, you, you know, it's easy, like the work's always there and the stories aren't right. That's one of the reasons why I think it's just been beneficial for me to do this and to be, to be continuing to, to do it. I just like that. And then, you know, the, the, here's that social thing again, you know, it's, it's a social thing to do that, that surrounds art and this sort of like, um, solitary studio experience. But so, how how did it start out then? I mean, what was the impetus to go? I'm just going to learn how to do podcasts. I mean, did you listen to a lot of podcasts? And I actually didn't. Um, I had a friend who had a podcast, which was actually interesting. Um, he, he called it the Scotch Tapes, and you know, he would submit. Uh, actually, invite his friends to submit questions. And you know, the reason why it was called the Scotch Tapes is because the panel would answer these questions while drinking scotch. And as the you know the hours went on to, you know, cut the episode down, obviously, but, um, you know, they would get more and more drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Answers would become more interesting. So anyway, that was like the first, like, you know, it, that, that was like my buddy doing that, you know, and I think I kind of caught the bug from him and I thought, well, how can I, you know, I'm interested in this. I've done recordings, um, with poetry and what have you. And so, uh, how can I make this social? And I think that was important to extend the community. And, um, I, so I started to interview local artists and, um, I get ambitious and I found, I, I also had another blog that I was putting together and I would find a lot of artists online. And I started to send some cold emails to, uh, various artists that I didn't know that weren't local. And I had pretty good response from, you know, I, I got a lot of, yes, I'll do it. So it, it grew and it was just, 
it was great. And, um, yeah, I, before I knew it, it was, uh, you know, now we're at, you know, I'm in just over three years doing it. So, um, and it's just interesting. I mean, you can, you know, you switch out questions, try to liven it up and, you know, every, every artist is, um, you know, adds new content to the, to the archive. I like to think that at this point I'm building an archive, which is just, um, a lot of fun and adding to what's available, um, to, to, to hear about an artist's life, you know, that, that isn't someone who, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think it, um, I, I, I care about what, what people in my backyard are saying about art and I care about what they're saying in Germany. So, <laughs> sure, sure. you know, and see what, what's out there, you know, and give, give some sort of, uh, share the stories that they, that they want to share. Well, and I think, you know, I agree completely with one of the things that you were talking about is that, you know, this format just really allows you to kind of get a much better understanding of who someone is, you know, than certainly, I mean, if you think about all the outlets that we have for media, they're usually very short or, you know, if it's Art 21, I mean, obviously, you know, they have, (laughs) they probably spend more than 15 minutes with an artist to kind of, you know, cut it down to that 15 minute glimpse into their studio practice. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, to kind of really get these these um these discussions that can you know can really kind of bring up these things that you maybe wouldn't have thought about you know it seems to me like again like a lot of like what you do is really about also kind of having that that community that that relationship with people to be able to interact with you know yeah and you know uh, when i said social as i was younger i think that um social slash collaborative i think is um what you know sort of define that a little better and you know with social media these days, like I've actually come back to that, uh, a few collaborations. I think I have, um, you know, there's sort of like four ongoing collaborations right now. And, you know, to me, that's social and that's interaction. That's conversation. That's, um, you know, um, yeah, I, I like to think of art as a conversation and, you know, one, one interesting facet of that is a collaboration is the collaboration where, you know, two artists are, or more potentially that are working on the same, same, uh, same piece of art. Well, and so I don't know. I mean, if there's, if there's some things that you'd want to highlight in terms of, you know, just what's going on in your world right now that you're really excited about, I don't know, maybe, maybe give me some, give us some of those things, tantalize us so that we, uh, we get stalkers that are, you know, <laughs> constantly tweeting you and, and, you know, sending you all sorts of stuff, but what's, what's cooking right now? What's cooking right now? I think, um, Oh, wow. Um, I think there's a lot that's new for me and it's hard to put into words, but I think that, um, the, like I was, I think I was alluding to before that, you know, like, like with my painting, it's like my, my current paintings. Um, once, once something is said or stated, then it, like I said, it becomes something else or the opposite at the same time. Um, and that's just like I don't know if that's like borderline philosophy, but I I feel like in some way that's that's gonna gel for me pretty soon, and 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 affect my paintings. Like I was actually pretty worried about this interview and like talking about my work. Um, I talked to Jennifer Shepherd recently, and she you know we, we were talking about this idea of like being in a box, and I think that the role of the artist is to take it out of the box, and you know. You know, if you talk about your painting, sometimes if you title your painting, you're influencing its existence. Like we already did that enough by painting the painting and to further discuss the painting or title it or what have you. It may act, in fact, be a little too far in guiding the way that it's received, you know. 
Um, sure. Well, and, 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 again, I'm not going to be too strict with that <laughs> about my work, but it's just some new thoughts. Um, but it allows for those possibilities that you talked about, you know. The, and again, that's something that no matter what you're seeing, I mean, you can go to a museum and, and react to things entirely differently, or you could be outside, you know, just noticing. Again, that's kind of the impetus for my photographs are always just like these little things that I kind of feel like shouldn't be really noticed or things that aren't necessary. People that people might go past them all the time, but it's like this, this thing that occurs to you. So, I mean, I think in the same way, when you can kind of keep those possibilities open, it makes it a lot more exciting. I just think, um, uh, that's important is, you know, the possibilities. And I think that, um, you know, the community can help with that. I mean, you know, there's this idea, uh, you know, um, you know, I don't know who said it, but the, this idea that artists, you know, they make the same painting over and over again. I don't know how true that is. I'm not sure who said it, but maybe not all that important to just the sentiments there, but I don't know. I think, like I said before, I'm a, I'm a product of my experiences and, uh, I feel like there, you know, I feel like there was just something new that's going on with my work and, it's pretty exciting and it's so fresh like that I can't even see it yet. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, but I mean, I think it's also something to consider too, you know, I mean, one of the things that we talked about too is just um, changes between, you know, being in school and being out of school. I mean, the thing that I've, it's occurred to me recently, you know, is that like, I'm very much about modes of operation, you know, and kind of prioritizing, but literally finished working on all these paintings and then it's like, I've got to fit this interview in and I'm going to edit all that and then I'm going to move on to this. But, you know, like, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, like, especially when everything's gelling and you're just working and you're kind of hitting, you're hitting a stride or something or like things are all just work and you're getting a lot of painting done. It's really easy to kind of be in that mode and just go, you know, screw it. I don't, I don't care about, you know, where these are going to be in two months. You know, like right now, I just want to be making these things. Yeah, I mean, um, they're... There's more to be done, that's for sure, you know, especially when things become a little like when they shifted, you know, and you've, you've noticed the shift um, there, you know, again, re- renewed possibilities. And, you know, we, we got to get to work. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, well, is, I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to bring up or something that we haven't talked about that we could throw in there? Or? Well, and again, maybe that's something for another podcast. I don't know. You know, again, I, I kind of I like this dialogue, you know. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and especially, especially since we're in this mode, you know, where you and I, like, I mean, again, I mean, just the very nature that we kind of met, you know, is, is social media wise. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's cool to be able to be in this environment and kind of, I don't know, catch up to see what's going on, what's changing and what's new, you know? Yeah. I actually wanted to tell you that, um, I started this blog, it's called the artist family tree. And, um, I started it. I got some notes here. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I started it in 2009, and that was actually I should have spoke about that because you know just that was instrumental in getting me uh, back into making art and everything. And I, the blogs were new to me um, when I came back. I started one for my own paintings, and I started the artist family tree. And the the concept behind that was is to create like sort of an archive of artists that were working similarly like there there was a post that was uh, about minimalism and then there were i would group artists that whose work resembled one another that post like in a cluster and then someone who worked slightly differently in in the realm of minimalism were were say over to the right in a different cluster so if i clustered names together it's because i felt like they they were speaking to each other so i had 
minimalism. I had, you know, people that were painting interiors, exteriors, um, you know, street art, like everything. And actually, before I knew you, in 2009, I came across your work and I added you to the list. <laughs> I never got a chance to tell you that last time we spoke. So That's I'm, interesting. So, so, you know, I knew who you were <laughs> back in 2009. So that was pretty cool. And, you know, of course, I haven't, you know, I haven't worked on the blog since 2012 because, you know, things picked up with my podcast and what have you. But, um, but yeah, I had this grand like idea that I wanted to create this, like this archive of, um, you know, artists that, that speak to one another, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, kind of as much as I could orient it. So it was like a, a family tree, you know? Sure. Sure. And then I started comparing artists to other artists and, you know, so, uh, it was, it was a lot of work, but, um, and it's not something dissimilar from what we've been discussing, you know. I mean, it sounds like, again, like, and again, this is might not happen for, you know, writing poetry for me or doing sculpture. But, I mean, you know, there are these other things that influence studio practice or, or painting or, you know, whatever it is that you like to kind of primarily be doing. And I think that it's uh, it's something interesting to think about what what the next trip around will be, you know. Uh, I think um, um, I've always been one to want to, like, um, to, to pair things up, to... To, to like whether it's opposites or and, I, and I, I've actually been reading the Tao Te Ching a lot lately, and I came across it back in art school and I, I wasn't ready for it. I, I read the pages and I thought I I can't handle this. I don't know what's going on, and I'm starting to like you know chill out and just read it and it's making a lot of sense to me. And I think it, like I'm by no means a Taoist. I just read the book from time to time and there there seems to be a lot about opposites and that's you know what I was speaking about before in in, in such a way that how do they how do they relate to it? How do they become one and how are they separate if possible for either one, you know, either one of those situations, but, and how is that going to affect my painting? Um, and I think it has to do with layering, um, you know, like mystery, poetry, sort of like spiritual, um, sort of like acceptance and, and, and just like, um, to, to see rather than to touch, uh, in some way. Um, and I, I'm not really sure where I'm going with this. But <laughs> no, no, I think it's an interesting idea. I'm thinking of writings that I've made that, that I, you know, I haven't memorized, but I've been writing a lot lately too. And just to uh, like, and the, the, the separates for me for a long time have been poetry and painting. And like I said, I think that, you know, the reason why I thought of the Tao Te Ching is because I feel like the, the two are, are, you know, becoming one in a sense uh, while uh, remaining separate. But, uh, how does that how does that make sense for me as a statement and and how does it make sense for my poetry and my painting together and also going back 10 years ago with not 10 years quite but uh, with say the assemblage which I felt like was a little more poetic and a completely radically different way of working and considerations and like you know sort of like collage in in almost in the round how does that relate to my paintings which have some depth to it themselves, like physical um, and hopefully some spiritual and poetic depth at the same time. If, you know, if, <laughs> if I can pull that off. <laughs> right on. Well, again, a lot of, a lot of ambitious ideas and it'll be interesting to see where they all go. Um, just, just before we get out of here though, too, I want to just, um, just ask you if you could just kind of remind uh, listeners where they can find out more about your work and then also, um, you know, where they can see some of these blogs or podcast. All right. Well, Otcast is A-H-T-C-A-S-T dot com. My website is Philip with two L's, J Mellon, M-E-L-L-E-N dot com. And that's my website. 
Uh, let's see. I also have like a mini podcast that's going on right now. You can find that through Outcast. Uh, no shows on the horizon. So just uh, keep a lookout for my new paintings and hopefully uh, I'll do them some justice. <laughs> right on. And again, annoy him on, I, I think you're on Twitter too, right? You have. Oh, I am on Twitter. Outcast is on Twitter. Um, I have a Tumblr. It's called Art Diablog. Um, so again, lots of lots of ways for people to kind of reach out and say hello. So, Oddcast has, um, I think I'm on every social platform for Oddcast. So, um, lots of ways to connect with that. And you know, I I person my personal paintings that are you know on the website, and then I have a painting blog which you can also get through my website. So, cool, man. Well, again, thanks so much uh, for taking the time to to chat with me about it all today. I really appreciate it. For uh, for guiding it. <laughs> Thanks once again to Phil for joining us, and please check out his website, philipjmellon.com, and you can check out his podcast, Otcast, at otcast.com. Again, social media galore for all of that, so please get in touch with Philip and say hello. This is the part of the show where we tell you to check out a lot of things, including my artwork. You can check it out at davidlinaway.com. Again, davidlinaway.com. You can use that hyperlink and go there, see some of the recent paintings, which are based off of places, actual places. And they're kind of a combination of print and painting, so please check them out there. Again, you can find any of the archived interviews of Studio Break at studiobreak.com. Use all of the wonderful links available, including the archive function on the left side by the page. Keep scrolling month by month. Check out all the great podcasts that you missed. You can play them in the media player on Studio Break or go to the iTunes store, subscribe to the podcast, and listen to it that way. Once again, if you are a listener and you love us, please leave us some comments, some feedback there in iTunes. It helps others out there who are podcast junkies find things to listen to on their commutes to work. So please help us out there. If you happen to be a social media junkie, you can follow us on Twitter at Studio Break. Please tweet us there. You can follow our Tumblr account at studio-break.tumblr. And, of course, like our Facebook page where we provide updates, previews of some of the guests that are coming up, and announcements like our recent Studio Break on ExchangeWorks announcements. If you're not familiar with ExchangeWorks, it's a website that allows artists to connect to resources and vice versa. If you're an artist, you can find out more information about applying there our studio break post pertains to exchanges collaborations ideas one big one that we're looking for right now is to have a designer that's very familiar with wordpress help us out in some web maintenance and some little tasks so if you're interested in that and you want to trade please go ahead and give me a shout out david linaway at hotmail if you'd like to find out more about Exchange Works, you can check out our recent interview with Julia Friedman, so please go ahead and do that. A couple of reminders this week. There is a call for exhibition on the Facebook page. It is for Lake County residents of Illinois only. Again, it's a juried exhibition, and the deadline is September 12th. Go there for more information. We're excited to learn that Aaron Hayden and Jeff Robinson will be joining us to discuss their work for the exhibition Find and Found at the Peoria Art Guild. It opens Saturday, August 30th from 6 to 8 and runs through September 17th. So if you're in that area, check it out. It'll be a great interview. So we look forward to sharing that. 
Also opening up this week is Retrofit, a three-person exhibition with Melissa Wilkinson, Anders Johnson, and myself. It's at the Rail Gallery at Doane College in Nebraska. And I'm very excited to say Anders is going to be joining us to talk about his work, so we'll be sharing that soon as well. Lastly, thanks to Skylar Mill for providing the music to studiobreak.com. You can check out his work, his paintings, his music at skylarmail.com. All right, thanks again for listening. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll talk to you real soon.